0: John, I've been uh, attending NFL games since the early 70s. I know it's hard for you to fathom that. Uh, And I've been covering the NFL since 1989. And I think that Vikings-Bills game was one of the wildest, most entertaining, most unpredictable, most atmospheric games ever. I've ever seen, I don't, I'm not even going to go down the road of, hey, the Vikings proved something or the Bills are, I don't think we need to draw conclusions. Sometimes you just need to enjoy the spectacle. And that was a spectacle.
1: It, It was incredible, Jim. I mean, I, right after the game, I'm trying to kind of put it in perspective and, and, and really process it. And I, obviously there's always recency bias that comes into play, but I really did just try to think back. I mean, I've been covering this team, very, very closely since 2005. But prior to that, I'd done it for a few years in college and and right afterward as well. And then been watching them literally my whole life. And um and to think about the stakes that were involved, to think about a team that you didn't really know are they good, are they not good, are they is it a weak schedule? Um the twists and turns, the bad calls that went against them that usually. End up uh beating this team and and all of the other things that went into it, it was absolutely one of the the toughest, most resilient wins I've ever seen the Vikings have. And I, I don't think that's hyperbole. It was incredible. I mean, you had the snow globe in Buffalo, uh, you had a very good team in the Bills, you had a a, a really good performance from Josh Allen until he started to give the ball away. And uh, and in the end, Jeff, Justin Jefferson and Kirk cousins and the Vikings just went and got it. It was, I mean, it was remarkable.
0: It really was. And I think you hit on a really good point there. I was trying to think when was the last time I saw, I mean, listen, Vikings play a lot of crazy games. Uh, Strange things happen to this franchise. Mm -hmm. Usually with the exception of the Minneapolis miracle, which was sandwiched by them playing lousy for most of that game and then getting destroyed the next week. uh, Most crazy games go against the Vikings. And I was trying to think that the last game I watched, I thought that was epic, that was incredible, that might have been a -a once-in-a-lifetime type of game. Last one I can really come up with that was really that back-and-forth all game, had that many twists and turns, that many surprises, was probably the 2009 NFC Championship game. And, of course, that went against the Vikings. This was that kind of game, and the Vikings actually won it.
1: Yeah, amazing. I mean, obviously not a playoff game versus a regular uh playoff game and that's that's a little different, but yep. um but yes, just in terms of high-level drama, in terms of incredible individual plays and performances and just the weirdness of the the botched snap and the and the touchdown and uh and all of those things There was just sensory overload for three and a half, four hours that we were watching that game. It was, it was wild. I mean, Kirk cousins is absolutely throwing balls right to the Buffalo bills at one point, like literally right to them for interceptions. And then he becomes Joe Montana uh, down the stretch and puts the ball absolutely in the perfect places to kind of keep things going. Justin Jefferson, is one-upping up upping Stefan Diggs with the leaping one-handed catches. And and then you get that incredible, crazy sequence. QB Sneak is stuffed. Then they fumble the snap, and Eric Kendrick somehow gets to the bottom of that pile and and grabs the, the fumble recovery for the touchdown. Then they end up giving up a field goal at the end when they probably shouldn't have because Gabe Davis shouldn't have been uh, uh, granted the catch on the sideline. I mean, like... I. It was just uh, it was almost too much to bear. I was sitting there watching it in the basement and my son, who is kind of sort of starting to watch the Vikings a little bit, but not really into it, was was right there watching it as well and couldn't take his his eyes off of it. And he's he said, Dad, that one needs to go in the Guinness Book of World Records. (laughs) And and I I think it did. Like, I think that was great commentary from Owen, because like at the end of it, I, I just didn't know even know how to process it and what to say about it. It was that wild.
0: Owen oh, will soon be replacing me as the host of the Viking Update show. <laughs> and by the way, this is the Viking Update show. He's John Krasinski from The Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. As you can tell, we've both been covering, watching, talking about the Vikings for a long time. This is the show where we offer the writer's view of the uh, of the franchise. Uh, the other Viking show on the network is Jeff Diamond's Vikings NFL Insider, our show with uh, the former Vikings general manager. Thanks to Star Bank, our sponsor. Uh, thanks to all the sponsors across the TalkNorth.com network. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. If you like to advertise with this show or any of the many shows on our network as we grow, you can reach Karen Cleary at KCLEARY at talknorth.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod to see the shows as they are released and get information on our live shows. And simplest thing if you like this show, any show you like at talknorth.com, we got about a dozen sports shows, out plus more outdoor shows, variety shows. Dave Lee, Mike Graham on the Gophers. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app, it's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Uh, So the Jefferson catch, that's another thing. For decades, I've been watching the league for decades, I've seen a million great catches. I've seen wide receivers make catches that seem to defy physics and logic. I don't think I've ever seen any receiver with a defensive back with two hands on the ball in good position, a receiver with his – Body horizontal to the ground, three feet above the ground, one hand on the ball.
1: I've never seen the receiver make the catch in that situation. Never. And, you know, I I immediately started to think about that one Odell Beckham catch uh, with when he was with the Giants on the sideline, falling backward, hauling it in with one arm. And that was an incredible, amazing, remarkable catch. But Justin Jefferson did it in traffic. He did the same catch if not a little bit a higher degree of difficulty with a defensive back right on him. And the way that he was able to get his hand on the ball, kind of wrestle it away from the defensive back, but also cradle it enough so that when he hit the ground with full force, he was somehow able to retain possession of it is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen on a football field. It was fourth and eighteen, not to mention. Um, and and so that was a case where Kirk Cousins was under siege and he just said, I'm gonna just throw it up to Jefferson and it, this is a prayer that I'm asking and it was answered. And so a a moment like that can really be sort of the the cementing of a status for a player. And I think that Odell Beckham sort of rode the coattails of his catch for higher status than maybe he deserved, but Justin Jefferson deserves every bit of the accolades that he's getting because that that is sort of the signature moment of his career, but he is piling up yards, piling up tough catches, uh at, at, you know, at a pace that no one ever has done before in the entire history of the NFL. And, you know, for the first time yesterday, I think Mike Wilbon put out that, you know, it, do we need to start having the Jerry Rice conversation with Justin Jefferson? And again, like, I think it's way too early for that. Rice's longevity and his big game moments and all of those things, obviously dwarf Justin Jefferson's, but the simple fact that that, is a conversation that is starting to be thought about now doesn't seem completely and utterly ridiculous. I mean, what this guy is able to do on a game in and game out basis, in addition to the splash plays like that one, there's no one else that is on his level right now. And, um, and when you have a player like that who can do the undoable, do, you know, make happen what is unthinkable all of a sudden that changes the way that this offense operates and it's ne- and to give Kirk Cousins credit he is giving Justin Jefferson those chances to make those big plays where he wouldn't have done that before
0: right uh, and the one play down near the goal line I mean he oh. ju- I mean well too the touchdown and the late game throw where Jefferson absolutely was not open and he just trusted him to make to react to the ball Uh, those are big, I think those are big moments. Um, I've made the Jerry Rice comparison before, which is, and the thing is about modern NFL receivers, there are weeks you look at Tyreek Hill and say, there's no way anybody could be as good as him. He just does things nobody else can do. And there are weeks you watch Jamar Chase say, okay, nobody's that explosive. Nobody can do that. There was a time when Devontae Adams actually played as a good quarterback where he said, Okay. Combination size, speed, hand, savvy. I don't know how anybody else can be that good. Thing about Jefferson is, yesterday he was, you know, he has games like yesterday where they're just spectacular. And if the national audience sees it, they're going to react to it. Thing about Jefferson is, you don't have to really make any superlative claims. His production just speaks for itself game after game and now year after year. And the interesting thing about the comparison with Rice is, Uh, Rice, like Jefferson, not a physical specimen, you know, I've, 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 you stand next to Justin Jefferson in the locker room. If you didn't know who he was, you'd think he's, you know, a a young guy they're trying to develop. He's not big. He's not, you know, powerful. Uh, Jerry Rice was a slim guy. Uh, it didn't look like Randy Moss didn't look like, uh, you know, some of the bruisers who play that position or some of the gazelles who play the position, but he just makes the right play. Over and over, he's always open. He almost always catches the ball. He catches the ball in clutch situations. He produces touchdowns. He produces first downs, and that's what Rice did. It's just year after year. He just kept making. He just kept making the plays. And the other difference is Jerry Rice was very raw coming out of college. He didn't get it going till the second year in the NFL. So if you want to make any statistical comparisons between the two, Jefferson's actually well ahead of Rice at this stage.
1: Yeah. And, and I think part of that obviously, right. Is just the, the environment that they grew up in, um, yeah. you know, Jerry Rice came along at a time when it was when the running back was the featured uh, component of a, of an offense, uh, when you did not throw the ball all over the place, like, like they do right now. And Justin Jefferson was raised in an era where um, it was spread them out five wide and, and chuck it down the field, especially with that LSU offense where it was Joe Burrow just flinging it everywhere to Jefferson and to Chase and to, to everyone. So he's had the benefit of a different kind of development. But yes, like to his credit, everyone else in the league has had the benefit of that kind of development as well, and just Jefferson is better at it than everyone. And I think that the one thing that I think is most Rice-like um, when we talk about Justin Jefferson – is there is a relentlessness to him in a game when he it has it going that there's nothing you can do to take him away. Um, I know that there was a period in the second half uh, on Sunday where you know, Jefferson was not getting the ball every time down uh, every snap and, and the Bills were doing a little bit better job of limiting him after a really big first half. But in the end, what they found out was if you have a quarterback who's willing to take a chance and put it in Jefferson's zip code, he's going to, mo- much more often than not, come down with that. And so that means that there is a helplessness to the defense with Justin Jefferson that is that was there for Jerry Rice. Like No matter what, you knew when the 49ers needed a big play and everyone in the, in the world knew that rice was going to be Montana's desired target. He was still getting open and he was still making that play on the quick slant on what on, on the corner out on whatever it was. And, and that's what Jefferson is right now. Jefferson is the, I know that this ball is going to go to him type of a, a of a play. And there's still nothing I can do to stop it. And, and, You know, I'm always reluctant to put anyone in Randy Moss's conversation. But the difference between Jefferson and Moss is that Moss would have stretches of games where you knew he was kind of taking plays off and he wasn't always into it. Jefferson does never have that. Never. Uh, There may be times where he doesn't get the ball, but he's running hard routes. He's going over the middle. He's doing all of the things that you need to do as a receiver to be as impactful as possible. I still think Moss obviously more dynamic down the field than Jefferson, but um but in terms of overall just I'm coming at you for 60 minutes plus and you're going to have to deal with me every single minute of that game. That's Justin Jefferson, man, and um and I just think that he is reaching rarefied air very very quickly in his career and everyone on the offense is benefiting from it.
0: No doubt. Next question to answer, is this turning into one of those magical seasons? Let's get to that after I let you know that big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about Star Bank. Star Bank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. you are not a customer number at Star Bank, and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be, a throwback to the good days. Mobile app check Convenient services, you got it. Check out Star Bank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares. Starbank.net, member FDIC and equal housing lender. Uh, so 2017, it, you got to a certain point in that year, He said something special is happening here. Even though it's a backup quarterback and a backup running back, the way they play the game, the way they handle situations, the way they handle difficult games, uh, the vibe in the locker room, this feels different. And it was different right up until he went to Philadelphia. Um, what? Yeah, yeah. And, and this feels like that in terms of winning close games, vibe in the locker room, uh, a team that, and listen, all teams pretend they like each other or at least try to put on a good face. Uh, this team, act, you actually believe it when you hear them talk about it and they give you examples of it. Um, this feels like this could be, And and now we're talking about they were entering this tough four-game stretch, right? Well, they just won the toughest one uh they get Dallas at home that just blew a two touchdown uh lead in green bay. Uh then they have an average patriots team at home and then they have a jets team that's, you know, playing well but we don't know how good they are. That, we're starting to look at a team that might get up into a very interesting win total at some point.
1: It, it sure looks that way right now, Jim, and yeah, I I I always the the scar tissue that I think most Vikings fans have, and certainly most Vikings media have that have just covered this team over the years is you always are hesitant to sort of label something, a magical season, because it always ends with a thud, the 2009 season, the case Keenum season, like a lot of these there's, we have seen this before where it has all the makings of a destiny type of a situation. And then it just kind of falls apart. What I will say is different that feels different about this team is that I do think that we kind of went into the season with sort of tepid expectations and um unlike like the case Keenum year where it sort of came out of nowhere and you feel like you got this flash in the pan with a quarterback that just found a rhythm and found a groove with an offense and it was a great great story um Kirk Cousins is the starter like he was the intended guy and so he has made a different kind of a leap this year even though he's not the Kurt Warner coming off of the bench out of nowhere type of situation instead it's the out of nowhere unexpected uh, clutch quarterback situation where Kirk Cousins has never been that so if he can sustain this type of a, of a fearlessness and a resilience in the fourth quarters of games that's what i think makes this team really really interesting because the nfl these days is designed to have close games in the fourth quarter um and and just to go down to the wire. That's the way the rules are set up. That's the way everything, the the parity of the league, the salary cap, the talent levels between teams. It's all set up for games to be decided in the fourth quarter. And for a very long time, Kirk Cousins has generally not been up to that task. Well, the game against Buffalo was the most emphatic statement yet that he has turned some kind of a corner. In that regard, he played not very well um, earlier in that game, made two really bad interceptions, the airmail one over Osborne and the one that he threw right to the the Bills defensive back. And you think, okay, here we go again, Kirk Cousins. Um, But now what he has become this season is a quarterback that you have to bury when you have the chance. And that's why, Jim, I think – that the bills went for it on fourth down in Vikings territory um, in the fourth quarter, because it was a field goal might not be good enough against this team. Like we have to score a touchdown to put this game away and they didn't get it. And it turned out to come in back and bite them. But that's the kind of pressure that cousins Jefferson and Dalvin cook and, and this Vikings team is starting to put on opponents is you have to really kill us. To to, uh, to 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 uh have a chance. And the only team that's been able to do it so far is the Eagles. But I just think that the fiber that this team and the substance that this team is showing is really encouraging if you're a Vikings fan about their prospects for the rest of this season and then getting into the playoffs.
0: Cousins is fascinating because he might be having his worst statistical season as an NFL starter right now. Uh, He is throwing more interceptions, way more interceptions uh, than he usually does on a percentage basis. He's been, he's had a couple of erratic games. He has been, but he's been clutch. It's like, it's, he's the opposite. He's not statistically proficient and he's been incredibly clutch. We just haven't seen either of those things on a consistent basis from him before.
1: And I, I keep thinking about this, Jim, um, Chris Finch, the Timberwolves coach, said before the season we were kind of talking about um Carl Anthony Towns and his three-point shooting and his ability to maybe end up leading the league in three-point shooting at some point in his career because you know he was three-point champion last year. Uh, he was going to get a lot of looks, all this stuff. Now, we we won't get into how badly things are going for the Timberwolves right now, but this quote stood up stuck stuck out stood out. Stood out to me is um, he said, I never think that you should lead the league in three point percentage, because that means you're not shooting it enough. Like if you're, if you're, if you're Mm -hmm. that good of a shooter, keep on shooting it until your, your percentage drops down a little bit, but you'll be more effective because you're that good of a shooter. You got to get your volume up. You got to, you got to go and not worry about your misses. And I think that's, what's going on with Kirk cousins right now. Like he may not be, the precise quarterback that he has been in the past. He may not have the highest completion percentage. He may not have the lowest uh, or the, the the best touchdown to interception ratio. He may not be any of those things from a statistical standpoint, but he is a more dangerous quarterback today than he has ever been in his career because he is taking chances. He is trusting his receivers down the field, and if he does make a mistake, if he throws a bad interception, if he's trying to extend the play and he gets sacked and there's a fumble, he has he doesn't let go of the rope. He does not uh, get completely caught up in where the game is going and sort of just get tangled up in his own web and and fall apart like we have seen him do in the past. You've seen the jittery Kirk Cousins. You've seen the one who, when one thing goes bad, two and three and four things are going to go bad. But today, this Kirk Cousins is one who is somehow able to move past the mistakes and continue taking the chances and continue trusting his players and not give up on it. And it doesn't make him gun shy. Uh, you know, on Sunday, he could have. Tried to go more conservative. He could have said, "All right, I've made one or two mistakes already. I can't be the reason we lose this game. So I'm just going to check down, and I'm going to make the right reads, and I'm going to, and I'm going to live to fight another day." That sort of thing. Um, but instead, he just got back in there and he flung the ball down the field, and he tried to make things happen. And in the end, they did. And I just think that that is an evolution of Kirk Cousins that we haven't seen. And so the Vikings are better off having this version, this a little bit of a risk-taking guy, the guy who is going to, um, you know, make the big mistake one on one play and make the big play on the next. That is a harder team to prepare for when he plays that way. And so uh, yes, the statistics you're right, Jim are not what they have been. And yet I think his impact, his leadership, the way that he's got these guys following him is the best it's ever been by far.
0: No doubt about it. Uh, this is one of those games, one of those weeks where we could talk forever. Uh, I would just recommend going back and watching the game again. Absolutely. It was, it was that good. Um, also, I think Seaford tweeted out something from Elias uh, during the game that uh, I'm, I might botch this, but go look it up yourself, uh, basically only the second time since 1970 that an NFL team has scored a go-ahead uh, fumble recovery within the last minute of a game. It's, I mean, that's how crazy yeah. it was, uh, you know. And and Josh Allen's picks and everything. I mean, it was it was a remarkable game. Uh, so instead of trying to recapture what can't be recaptured. I'm going to ask uh, John for a final thought here. Also listen to John on the John Krasinski show where we break down the uh, very intriguing Minnesota Timberwolves. And again, go to talknorth.com. You'll check out the line. You'll find other shows you'd like. If you like this one, check out Jeff Diamond's show for the uh, former general manager's view of the team. Thanks again to our producer, Brandon Morton. And thanks again to Starbank, Starbank.net. Uh So John, give me, give me a final thought on all this craziness.
1: Yeah, I think really, Jim, one of the most um, encouraging things for the Vikings in that game was that for a large stretch of the game, you really did get Buffalo's best punch. Like Josh Allen was going down the field with Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis, was running all over the place on that defense, was looking very much like the MVP candidate that he is. Um this was not a case where you got just a completely complete dud of a performance from the other team and you took advantage of it. They made things happen to create turnovers, to get back into the game, all of those things. The Bills defense was very good at one point. Um this game was not given to them, they took it. And I think like that, that is a that is a thing that Sh- that Vikings fans should feel really good about is they went into Buffalo, very difficult place to play. And they went and won a game that the bills had some very, very good moments in. And I think, yeah, Allen would like a couple throws back. The fumble was, was crazy and ridiculous, but they also got the benefit of a horribly officiated game. I mean, Buffalo had 12 men on the field on defense. One time Buffalo, the Gabe Davis, Catch on the sideline was not reviewed for some unfathomable reason. There was a lot of missed calls that went against the Vikings, and Buffalo played really well for long stretches, and they still won. That, to me, is a big, big deal.
0: That's a great big-picture final thought. I'm going to go with just a, a more of a uh, wonky final thought. Uh, they have, this team's been remarkably healthy, and that is one of the reasons they are 8-1. and one. Uh, Where they have had some injuries – even if even though not serious injuries, is along the defensive front. And their defensive depth has held the defensive line depth has held up. Lynch has played well, Wanham's played well, Jones has played well. Uh, you know, so when they've had injuries, they have had the depth to make up for it. Uh, and that has that has allowed them to to be competitive against the run, to still put on a pass rush, even when they have their backups in there. I think and I thought Lynch made a couple of really big plays yesterday. Wanham's been good. I, I think that, you know, I, I worried about this team's depth going into the season. The depth in general has not been tested uh in many places, but the one place it has been tested, they have come up pretty big.
1: It's been great to see. This is gonna be a a a fun season is getting so much more fun, and uh, I can't wait to see what uh, what happens down the stretch here.
0: And now you get to watch the Vikings play against the most overrated franchise in sports yes. on Sunday at U.S. Bank Stadium. That'll be fun. John and I will be there. Uh, and again, check out the John Krasinski show. We might even throw some
1: Viking talk into that show because the Vikings are so interesting.